Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. And with me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? What up, Pat? How you doing? I, You know what, man? My knees are trash. I've been on my hands and knees all weekend, man. <laughs> Pat, I know you needed that secondary source of income, but this is a family-friendly show. You can't. Listen, listen man. I got to feed my kids. I got to put food on the table. I need to keep a roof over their heads and uh, whatever it, whatever it takes, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna do. That's just oh, how it goes. Oh boy! Oh, I was telling I was telling Jerry in the pre-show that I've been um, revamping my kitchen and I finally uh, was had time to put down the uh, to finish the underlayment and start tiling my kitchen. So I spent all of Saturday and all of Sunday on my hands and knees, fucking tiling my kitchen, and it came out really nice. There's still a little bit left to do, but uh, it's like ninety percent of the way there. I'm yeah. very happy with it. And you tiled them in magic cards, right? Yeah, obviously. Like I was, it was like you know, Future Sight, uh, Tarmogoyfs, and uh, you know, Jace the Mind Sculptors, and uh, Liliana the Veils. Yeah, just all like the you know the staples we've come to know and love in the legacy format. Hell yeah! There actually is a <laughs> shop like that. I I remember this was a few years ago, but I remember someone sharing pictures of uh, their LGS, and their LGS's floor was just magic cards with like an epoxy port all over it. So, oh, that's awesome! So, yeah, I made a really cool, uh, really cool floor. I, I always very, like that very idea. Neat. It's a great way to get rid of your bulk uh, bulk that you just don't need in your store anymore. <laughs> yep. They'll watch right. that like they Wizards prints that one card that combos with your like <laughs> common from like Ice Age and yeah, you're like, like Oh, I need all my thought lashes. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna chisel them out of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a seventy five dollar card and uh <laughs> underneath my chair. You're just looking at all these null rods, like, no. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That that's really cool. That's a that must be a really neat environment, like having all those cards on the floor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wonder how long that epoxy lasts. Like, if it gets cloudy and then you can't see them anymore, or if it like yeah, I'm sure stays, it gets like, like glass clear. They get scraped up and stuff like yeah. that. Maybe you have to like refinish it once in a while. That's still that's still a neat thing to do. You just gotta put the zamboni over it a couple. You times. could probably make a cool gaming table with something like that with like an epoxy, you know, oh, an epoxy yeah, resin. I'm sure, that'd be pretty awesome. That, that's for the artistic people, not me. I've been watching a lot of Tool Time. You know, I've been getting a lot of ideas. You know, woodworking and whatnot. So. Oh boy! You know yeah, you're yeah. old, Pat. When you start doing crafts around the house, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right. Well, let's see what we got on the docket today. We got a good show. It's just it's just you and I doing it this week. Just the duo. Just the two of us. Yeah. When was the last time we had an episode? Just you and I. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a while. It has. We've had a run, we've had a run of great guests, and I think Jerry just keeps bringing him in uh, because he doesn't want to talk to me directly every episode. So he like has he likes the barrier between the two of us. Yeah, I mean the lawyer fees are astronomical just for yeah for this. I can episode, imagine. You know? I can imagine. But I do have it in my rider that once every once every uh, you know quarter we have to do an episode of just the two of us so it's probably been about it's probably been a few months since we've had just Jerry and I on an episode excellent there's well, been a few i think there's been a few where it's been like just you and a guest or just me and a guest but just you and i it's been a minute man i'm i'm getting nervous pat you feel like you're going to like pop the question all of a sudden it's- no 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 it's going to be it's going to be a regular episode lots of legacy to talk about um 
first, uh, let's talk about the LAL Open 7. Uh, we have some more. We have a kind of a concrete structure put in place now. Details, details, yeah. details. So I, I didn't listen to the edited episode last week, but I definitely muffed the uh, the introduction there where we started talking about the uh, event. And Jerry's like, hey, Pat, none of these details are totally nailed down yet. So we actually can't say any of these things. <laughs> and I had to ask Justin. I hope Justin edited all that out. I don't know if he did or not, but let's hope he did. <laughs> I'm sure Justin makes you not look like a fool, Pat. I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. It's oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. I think that's the only reason why people... Well. That's that's a reason why people still listen to this podcast because they knew what I was like unfiltered. Well, that's why I don't have any friends because they know what I'm like unfiltered. You know, truth. Yeah, Justin. Justin's the only reason I have friends. So thank you, Justin. Shout out to our editor. I don't have any friends. <laughs> that, that was sad. I feel sad now. <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about the open coming up in June, Jerry. Yeah, at, uh, got- at gaming, etc. We got the details hammered out. First and foremost, Pat, everyone's been wondering, what's the date of the next event? Right. Yeah. So the date is officially June 6th and 7th. Hell yeah. So uh, it's not just one date. It's two dates, which is pretty exciting. This is the first two-day event that we've been running, right? A lot of people have asked us to do um, um, you know, a main event top eight on Sunday. And so we are going to oblige them and take uh, the weekend of the 6th and 7th to do our first two-day event for the Open 7, which is really awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think more than that is people have just wanted uh, more chances to play Legacy on the weekend, especially travelers. Um, Yes. It's a lot... it's a lot sweeter pot for people traveling from out of state when they know that they can have two days of legacy uh, and you know it really makes the, the travel time worth it so yeah talk about what we're doing on Sunday there yeah so we're gonna do the normal event uh, like we always do on Saturday though it'll be a little bit of a shorter day because we'll end up doing top eight on Sunday and also on Sunday for anyone who isn't fortunate enough to top eight we're gonna do a bunch of duels tournament. Yeah, that'll be awesome. We're gonna uh, Michelle's gonna figure out the breakdown for us in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. So I love uh, battling for duels. It's like one of my favorite kinds of tournaments. So that's great. Yeah. So day one is gonna be a cash tournament like usual, uh, all cash prizes, and then day two is gonna be battle for dual lands tournament. And then, you know, we'll also have lots of, uh, uh, like, drafts and eight-mans and single elimination tournaments. Um, If people want to do side events, uh, let us know, and we'll try and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. No unsanctioned side events, because y'all didn't show up for that one. (laughs) uh, uh, Unchained, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Unchained. I know, right? Everyone asked for Unchained, and then no one actually showed up for Unchained. Fucking no one signed up, you sons of bitches. Only actually ask for something if you actually plan on coming, guys, because this thing's a lot of work. Don't add more stuff to our plate and then just not do it. Yeah, and sh- and shout out to Michelle and her staff. They do a really great job at gaming, etc. And they're the ones who put the you know the they do the real footwork of this uh of this event here. So uh you know like give them their feedback. And if you're gonna if you're gonna say you're gonna do something, just do it so that they don't put in a ton of effort and then uh, no one shows up. That's really sad. <laughs> well, what it what it is, Pat, is on the internet everyone has an opinion, and it's like. I feel like I should uh, contribute my opinion to the price of this grocery oh, store yeah. in California. <laughs> it's like, I'm never going to go to that grocery store, but I feel they're charging too much for eggs, Pat, and I'm going to let them know that. <laughs> it's like, well, my favorite, my favorite thing was I know Michelle had put up um, a post because we were talking about maybe doing like a higher entry tournament as well, where you know you could have like say a seventy-five dollar or hundred dollar entry and have a much larger prize pool. Um, and then I saw a bunch of people commenting like I wouldn't pay that much money, but then I also 
didn't recognize any of them from actually coming to our events. And so I'm like, well, if you've never been to one of the events, it doesn't help to put your input in there if it's something that isn't even in your, you know what I mean? Like something that you're not even possibly going to do. Like we don't need the input on something like that. You know, I'd rather know the input of the people who have actually been to multiple of these events. I mean, not that, not that the input's bad, but you know, per se, but it was just like, uh, it's, it's just very know. frustrating from a TO perspective when you're trying totally. to actually like, get numbers and figure out what's best. And then, right. I also, even just from an individual player who actually comes to the events, like I know I would feel pretty shitty if I was really looking forward to something. And then because a bunch of people who had no intention of ever coming to the event said something that that thing didn't happen. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, just to, to end it on a really positive note, I'm super excited for this one. Our first two day event, June 6th and 7th um, up at Gaming, et cetera, in Acton. Um, day one is going to be the main events. You know, Saturday will be the main event Swiss. Sunday main event top eight, which will be really cool. Of course, that will be streamed, right? Um, and then we'll be doing like a Sunday dual land tournament as well. Plus, like Jerry said, all the sweet side events, drafts, and and who knows what else we'll be able to have up there. So it's going to be super awesome. Yeah. Well, also we're going to have food trucks. So we're going to have food trucks come to this one, mm-hmm. and then we're also working on getting some sweet artists for the event. Um, yep. That was another pull of having a two-day event apparently artists are uh, much more keen to come to a two-day event than a one-day event i I can totally see that because it's a lot of it's a lot of work to come and set up a booth and travel out and and only having one day to kind of capitalize on the investment there is kind of rough so i can see like having two days to sort of uh give you a better shot at it seems like a good a good move for artists and i think artists have it tough enough as it is so i can't blame them for wanting to have like you know a minimum two days to do an event yeah for sure so yeah that's awesome Gonna get some sweet food trucks, gonna get some artists, gonna have a grand old time. It's just, you know, all the perks of the previous Leaving a Legacy Opens, and now we're just expanding it. I'm I'm actually kind of more excited for the dual land tournament, Pat. Maybe maybe I can sneak away, <laughs> sneak out of the <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Jerry's on the booth for this round, guys, because he's playing in the dual land tournament right now. <laughs> you just put me on coverage for every round, even when I'm in like the O and eight bracket. <laughs> We'll just have you mic'd up on the floor and yeah. just like criticizing other people's plays the whole time while they're crushing you. Fantastic. <laughs> Specifically while they're crushing me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exa- absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, speaking uh, of du- speaking of tournament, what's what's that? Just uh, douchebag POV. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna put a GoPro on your head. Yeah, just so people can see their reaction. You, you can see people's reactions as you're trashing them and they're just, crushing you. Just bad move them. Bad move them oh, in the O and eight bracket. So good. So good. Um. Also, speaking of uh, tournaments, I know that uh, Michelle and Gaming Etc. They have a one K coming up, right? Yeah, March fourteenth. Uh, Are you gonna get out to that one? You think? I think so. So my big exam that I've been studying for for the past, you know, forever. Uh, is on March 13th. So <laughs> literally going to like blow my brains out on March 13th doing the super <laughs> difficult exam. And then I'm just going to, you know, unwind and go to the O and two bracket on March 14th and then get hammered afterwards. It's going to be great. That, that is awesome. I'm super excited for you. I'm hoping I can make it out. It's going to be tough. My, uh, get a little pushback in the Missouri tournament at this point. So, uh, I'm on, I'm kind of skating on thin ice with, as far as being able to, to sneak away. But at the very least, I want to come out and, uh, see you after the tournament. But I'm going to try to make it out because I really need to get some reps in paper and I don't get a chance to do that very often. So, Moto's, Moto's one thing, but paper reps are, are king. So, I'm gonna try to get out there for the 14th. But if 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 you can make it, go out there. They obviously put on an amazing uh, tournament, and the uh, Etsy 1K is gonna be a great time. So, uh, yeah. absolutely, you should you should go. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Plus, 
It's going to be one of the first uh, larger legacy events after the ban and restricted list on March 9th. Yeah, so uh, I know that uh, the Watsi uh, Twitter account made an announcement, uh, I think it was yesterday, or I think it must have been today, actually, that they're going to be doing their next BNR update on March 9th. So it was an announcement to the announcement, of course. It's the uh, the old assistant to the regional manager kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be doing a BNR announcement on March 9th. They didn't say what it was going what what formats it was going to pertain to so that that puts a lot up in the air i imagine there's going to be some kind of shakeup in pioneer i heard that that it's it's getting a little bit uh well i'm not going to speculate on it but i've i've heard some things about pioneer so there might be a card or two that need to get uh you know taken out of that format but there's also a chance that we're going to see some some shakeup in legacy you hear a lot of people you know kind of clambering for legacy bands and it, it happens a lot i mean it's been People uh, asking for legacy bands has been a thing since I started playing the format back in 2016. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been a time where someone, where, where's, there hasn't been a time where no one's been like, oh, the format's great right now. There's always someone, there's always some squeaky wheel making a lot of noise. Stupid Sensei's Dividing Top. I feel the band culture really started with Sensei's Dividing Top when uh, that guy put the road sign band top at the uh, Wizards. <laughs> and ever since then, legacy players are like, oh, if we complain, they'll listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's p- partially true, but I also think that like the bands that have happened in Legacy, um, you know, at least since I've been playing, have actually all been pretty good for the format. I feel like I feel like Sensei's Top was a great yeah. band to have. Deathrite Shaman was the right move. Gitaxium Probe was a fine move. Like these cards, I haven't had any issue. Uh, you know, Renin Six was a great. I think was a great decision. Um, you know, to ban, not to make. Yeah, don't boxy. get me don't get me wrong. The the blame is definitely shared with the players clamoring for bans, and then mm-hmm. also Watsy for just printing stupid cards that actually do deserve to be banned. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely convinced at this point that anything needs to be banned in Legacy, though. Right now, interesting. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, well, let let's talk about uh, you know, what's coming up because uh, well, let's talk about at least the Legacy there. Let's talk about the legacy showcase that was this past weekend, uh, because there were a lot of uh, breach decks in this uh, top thirty-two. Did you see this? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I will, I will say, while I don't ex- think anything needs to be banned, I'm also not saying that as in nothing will be banned because I'm purposefully not buying cards for my list that I have for the St. Louis twenty k. Um, I'm not buying those cards yet because I'm afraid that they might get banned. So yeah. I'm, I'm holding off on some purchases until the ban and restricted list actually comes out. Yeah. So I know this is a, uh, a, a smaller tournament, uh, the, uh, legacy showcase. Um, but there were three breach decks in the top eight and eight in the top 16. Um, again, small tournament. Uh, so the, you know, these lo- results are not indicative of kind of where the meta is, but it's worth noting that there there are that many breach decks. And someone, you know, guys like Rich Shea, who was actually on the dead format last week, someone who I, I really trust with his opinion and legacy uh, in general, said, you know, breach is just like the one of the strongest things to be doing right now. So mm-hmm. um, not that the deck is unbeatable for sure, uh, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, that, that we see so many of those decks doing well right now. Can I just say it feels unbeatable because actually last night I played against the Breach deck that mm-hmm. uh, that won the Legacy Showcase. Yep. And I have my opening hand and it's Surgical Extraction, uh, Veil of Summer, and Echoing Truth. Or no, not Echoing Truth. Um, 
I forget. It's the natural eyes that can also exile a card from the graveyard. Uh oh my gosh, my brain is fried right yeah, now. It's um, it's, it's the new card, but basically I have three pieces of hate in my hand, and my mm-hmm. opponent just goes uh plays to fairy time raveler and then combos next turn, and I look down at my hand that can't do anything because to fairy time raveler prevents you from casting instants. Jeez. <laughs> and they just like comboed me off on the spot. I'm like I I would have sworn I was like a shoe in to win that that uh match because. You know, I I literally drew all my sideboard cards, and it still didn't matter. <laughs> wow. Um. So it yeah, the deck is very good. It's just interesting that we haven't necessarily seen the results uh, transfer over to the paper meta. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know we saw Rich playing it on camera at the last open um, back in February, January. I can't remember. What, I think it was February. Um. And, uh, you know, he had a, a decent result with the deck for the day, and he, he still believed it was extremely powerful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think that Breach is a card that we need to be that concerned about. I think that, like, more people are talking about cards like uh, like Oko, Astrolabe, Veil of Summer. Those are probably the top three on, on the list that I feel like people are looking for. Um, or at least claiming that they're that they're really uh, warping the metagame right now. Although, like, I have, I have a hard time believing that Oko is that... Is, like that much of a problem, but uh, people who I really trust in the format say that it's like a, its ceiling is like a ten and its floor is like a six. So it's like one of those things where like if you're behind, I think Zach Turgan was actually talking about it on Twitter, whereas like if you're behind, it will bring you a lot of times to parity and any and, and basically every other every other instance it kind of is putting you pretty far ahead. Do you feel that that's the way that that card plays out? Um, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, Oko is still a very fair magic card, mm-hmm. and a lot of decks cannot care about Oko. Specifically, what I'm talking about is the combo decks, like mm-hmm. like Breach. Breach doesn't really care about Oko at all. Like Breach just plays its lands, and then when it has enough mana and has the right cards in hand, they just combo off, and mm. it doesn't matter if their opponent has an Oko or not. Noticeably, we're actually seeing less Okos in top eights, too. There's only one deck running Oko in the top eight of this Legacy Challenge. Yeah, so the the Legacy... Uh, well, so remember, this is the Legacy Challenge sh- Showcase. Showcase, sorry. So yeah, it's Excuse worth... Me. Yeah, Excuse well, me. Yeah, Tom, Tom, so it was funny because we had Tom on a few a few weeks ago, and he kind of uh, told me how, how different the metagame for a showcase is versus a, a normal challenge, which is usually... I feel like a challenge is usually a good indicator of where we're at. As far as the metagame goes, more so than like the the five O lists, um, but yeah. So you know, uh, we had uh, let's just going down the, going down the top eight here. We had uh, blue red. Uh, we had Jeskai Breach, piloted by Callum uh, White Faces. Um, again, another Jeskai Breach deck. I would like to respond. Uh, we had Blood Moon Stoppy. Uh, we had a blue black Death Shadow, which I was shocked to see in the top eight. Um, we had another uh, Jeskai Breach. Um, we had a Loam deck. Uh, Blue Red Delver, piloted by uh, Learn to Love, and uh, rounding out the top eight was Red Green Lands. Uh, so a lot of a lot of breach in the top eight, but also a Death Shadow deck. So I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not like. Did you mention? I think you forgot about the uh, Agro Loam list that was in sixth place. No, yeah, I said Loam. Oh, Didn't I, say I, I, I missed that then. Um, um, yeah. Because yeah, that was the sole uh, Oko list. Was the mm-hmm. uh, Agro Loam list uh, splashing blue for Oko? Yep. Um, yeah, running the playset of Oko worth worth noting. Um, yeah, and the the two Uro, which has been a, a pretty sweet card. Right. Um, 
I think I'm not as shocked that Shadow top aided because I feel Shadow is a deck that is very good against the Breachless. Mm-hmm. Um, being an aggressive tempo deck uh, with Delver of Secrets and then just having a bunch of counter magic and discard. Uh, yeah. Discard especially. Um, being able to... I mean, you have to you have to be very surgical when you're versing uh, Breach. Like, him to Torak is not very good because you could just him uh, some stuff into their graveyard that helps them fuel their Breach. Like, you really yeah. need to get those moneymaker cards out of their hand. Yeah, four Thoughtseize will help them do that for sure. Right. Um, so I, I could definitely see, uh, blue, black shadow, um, making a bit of a resurgence. I know, uh, Josh, who's coming with us to the St. Louis event. He's actually thinking about running it for the event. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about breach right about, about shadow right now. Um, Hmm. That's interesting. I guess there's not a lot of like, well, I guess if, if breach pushes out like all the mid range decks, uh, you know, then then Shadow might be the one that replaces them. Yeah. I mean, what I'm noticing is a, well, besides the Breach deck, there's a distinct lack of combo. Mm-hmm. And to me, that almost says that um, everyone's aiming for Breach, so they're packing combo hate and just trouncing the other combo decks, and Breach is so resilient, it's still putting up results anyways. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of uh kind of at a loss. I I'm just really surprised that that Death Shadow made it. In. Um, I did watch uh, Rich Callie, who was piling the Blue Red Delver list. Um, I I don't think I watched him on Saturday. I think I wa- on Sunday rather. I think I watched him playing a league on Saturday. But um, this this list is probably very similar to the one that I'll be bringing down to uh, St. Louis with me. I really like this list. It's really tight. Um, have you looked at the the like the most recent Blue Red Delver list lately? Uh yeah, let's let's take a look at it. Uh, yeah, so so he placed seventh in the uh in the the uh showcase challenge, um running two Brazen Borrower, like Petty Theft, like seems like it's a it been a great addition to this deck. Um you know, the four Delver, I, four Dreadhorde. What's that? I think that might also be a reason why we're not seeing as many uh dark depths decks anymore. Like all these decks are running main main deck uh bounce spells <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to just totally deal with the uh the merit lage because mm-hmm. You know, for a while, people were running main deck uh, bounce spells or main deck edicts just to deal with merit lage. And now, that uh, cost of doing so is so much lower with the brazen borrower. Oh, totally, yeah, because it's not it's not just a bounce spell anymore, right? It's like not not just running like that one of uh, vapor snag in your main deck. You're able to run like two cards that could you know can be a three one and it will always be a bounce spell, which is really nice. Um. Yeah. So it's running the you know the four Delver, four Dreadhorde, two True Name, two Young Pyromancer, um, three Preordain, four Ponder, and a Chain Lightning. Which like, I might, I might see myself see. It's interesting because <clears throat> Dreadhorde Arcanist so encourages you to play more cantrips than I nor- I normally might. Like I might shave a Preordain here and play like you know two Preordain, four Ponder, four Brainstorm, but. With something like Dreadhorror Arcanist, like sometimes you're just better having more dig in your deck and less burn spells. Like I, I really felt very good with the old like blue red prowess deck, but it's moved so far from that um, to being like less. It's less like a counter burn deck and more of like a a mid range deck, the blue red Delver deck. Yeah, I don't see any thunderous wraths in here. Pat. <laughs> I lo- listen. I have gotten people with that card where they're just like they got mad at me, like angry <laughs> at me for playing that card. Like, look, it. Uh, it it does what you want it to do, man. Gets you dead. Gets you dead. Yep. Uh, also, they're playing two for Rich was playing two force of negation in the main board here. So interesting that he's got uh, you know six 
uh, four spells plus four days. So definitely ready for the and a spell pierce. Uh, so definitely ready for like the combo matchups there for sure. Yeah, which yeah. honestly I feel uh, kind of kicking myself. I didn't have more counter magic uh, because that's why Teferi is so good out of the breach decks is if you don't answer Teferi before it comes down, mm-hmm. like all your other stuff doesn't matter. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And Teferi, another card that like when it, remember when it was spoiled, how we were both like, uh oh, this could be really bad. And then it just sort of didn't pan out that way. Yeah, because blue-white is a terrible color combination for most combo decks. Like, very few combo decks are blue-white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now now Breach is kind of showing itself to be the best uh, blue-white-based combo deck. Right, yeah. Do you think that it's the best combo deck in the meta right now? Uh, is, I would it better than sne- is it better than Sneak and Show because of, because of things like um, Oko and Brazen Barber? Uh, I would say it's the fastest. Uh, people still don't really know how to play against it, though. People are getting better at playing against it. Mm-hmm. Um, its surprise value is definitely going down. Um, I do think it's probably just from pure power level wise, the most powerful combo deck uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still going to be playing um, uh, my version of uh, Show and Tell, though, just because it's what I'm more comfortable with. And also, I feel being in the limelight isn't always the best thing going into a big tournament uh everyone definitely has their sights on the breach decks right now and how to take them out yep uh what about what about decks like storm yeah i mean we're not really seeing any i well not right i almost feel like breach is a storm deck i mean it wins with brainstorm after all with uh brain freeze freeze. after all (laughs) yeah definitely it does it does seem to play a lot like a storm deck right yeah, and I feel like a lot of the traditional Storm players, other than the super diehard players like Brian Cook, um, have transitioned over to Breach. So that might be a reason why we're not seeing as many Storm decks put up results, is all the Storm players are playing Breach. Right. Um, so I, I don't can't really comment power level-wise, but I think you know as long as Breach is the new kid on the block that everyone wants to try out, um, we're probably going to see some suppressed Storm numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree here. Um, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to talk about in the uh, the Legacy Showcase Challenge? Or well, I was actually kind of pleased to see that the deck that I'm sleeving up for the Legacy 20K, um, it made it into the top 16. Yeah, I'm assuming that's the blue green Omnitel deck. Yeah, and almost the exact same list that I've been testing. Really? Um, yeah, almost card for card. Uh, basically, the only difference is a couple cards in the sideboard. Main deck is is the same. Um, are you playing? You're so you're playing the the three ice fang, huh? Yeah, shoot me in the foot with those things. Those things are so so freaking expensive on Magic Online, Pat. Really? Uh, ice fang coattles are thirty bucks a piece on Magic what? Online. To put that into oh perspective, I spent more. I spent more on ice fang coattles than I did on Force of Wills. Wow, that seems <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, so Ice Fang Coatle has been insane in this deck. It's honestly everything the deck has ever wanted. Um, you know, I fiddled around with Blue Black Omni Show for a long time, and a mm-hmm. big reason of that was because just how good Baleful Strix is in that deck. Yep. It it buys you time, it removes problem creatures that are coming at your face, and it replaces itself by drawing a card. Like it's it's really everything the deck wants to buy itself time and help you dig for the combo. How much does the flash come into play with this card? 
Uh, pretty often because yeah. that's how you end up using it as a removal spell. Um, gotcha. Like my opponent could have a Dreadhorde Arcanist out, and they're just swing. They they wouldn't actually attack. Uh, attack with it if mm-hmm. they knew I had an Icewing Coatle out, but I just flash it in, block the Dreadhorde Arcanist, and take Dreadhorde Arcanist out before it can start to snowball. How's the Cunning Wish package been for you in this deck? Yeah, I mean, Cunning Wish is just how you win the game. Um, like, Cunning Wish is just kind of your, your part B, or actually, technically your part C, you know, show and tell <laughs> Omni- Omniscience uh, mm-hmm. Cunning Wish. Uh, the real MVP, actually, that I was pretty poo-pooing on when it got spoiled. Some other Sneak and Show players brought it up, and I didn't think it was going to be good enough. But, man, has it been doing some work, is Drawn from Dreams. Really? Yeah, so, basically, it's a fixed dig-through time. It's a sorcery for two blue-blue. Look at the top seven cards of your library, put two of them into your hands, and the rest at the bottom of your library in a random order. And it's just super useful um, when you like go off and both you and your opponent have a counter war, and they end up winning the counter war, but then both you and your opponent are basically on zero cards in hand. If you just rip Drawn from Dreams off the top of your library, you're most likely going to win that game. Hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Great art yeah. too. Yeah, sick art. But yeah, to go down the list, uh Yamaro in thirteenth place, uh two Emmercool, one Grizzlebrand, three Icefang Coatl, two Drawn for Dreams, one Eureka, which imported Pat, that Eureka is super <laughs> important. Uh I was actually playing against our friend uh Jordan uh Ayaska from uh the Seattle legacy scene. Yep. Um he was playing his uh like blue white red stoneforge mystic deck and he played uh meddling mage naming uh show and tell and i let it resolve because i'm just sitting there with eureka in my hand i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) you can have that meddling mage (laughs) and just cast eureka and won the game from there so uh eureka has been a big help uh it definitely is not the reason why you're in green but if you're gonna be in green anyways it's just the cherry on top for the deck Gotcha. Uh, having having that fifth copy of show and tell. So one Eureka, four Ponder, three Preordain, uh, four show and tell, four Brainstorm, three Cunning Wish, four Force of Will. Uh, oh, actually, I guess a slight difference. He's running two, two Impulse. I'm running one Impulse, one Spell Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, one Intuition, three Veil of Summer, uh, four Omniscience. And then two City of Traders, four Misties, four Prismatic Vistas, one Scalding Tarn, two Snow-Covered Forest, five Snow-Covered Island, and then a single Tropical Island. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the list uh, the list has been doing really well, Pat. I've, uh, I've been getting mostly just four ones consistently with it. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. excellent. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much locked in on this list for the St. Louis tournament. Anything uh, in the sideboard you'd think about? Like, is the sideboard going to be sort of like a... Uh, like a meta game, uh, I mean, like there's not much you can really do. Like the majority of the board is a wish board, yeah. so you know you have the one disallow, which is counter target spell or activated ability or triggered ability, and that's kind of your response to that. People like I'll cast show and tell, put in an omniscience, and I'll be playing against death and taxes, and they'll like put in a. Uh, um, flicker Wisp. Oh, sure, yeah. And then they'll target the Omniscience to try and prevent me from comboing off that turn. Well, I just Cunning Wish, grab Disallow, Disallow the Flicker Wisp uh, trigger, and then I just combo them off from there. Very nice. Um, then, like, uh, the Shared Summons allows you to tutor for two creature cards, so that often mm-hmm. just, like, Cunning Wish, Shared Summons, win the game, which is important because I'm only running a single Grizzlebrand and two Amber Cools. Yep. 
it's a lot rarer for us to uh, actually draw the uh, draw the creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the return to nature. That's what I was thinking of earlier when I was telling oh, the right, story right, against right. yeah one in a green instant destroy target artifact enchantment or exile target card from a graveyard. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, how's the Harp- shifting ceratops been? Have you play- been playing that a lot? So I actually just kind of started on him. I've only I'm only running a single shifting ceratops in my sideboard, and I just haven't had a situation where it's come up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it's only a one of in my sideboard, but it's good because you'd be surprised. There's actually a fair number of matchups where the Vale of Summers are just dead. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and I've I actually I added shifting ceratops to my sideboard because I was finding that like I was going up against matchups, and I wanted to board out my Veil vale of Summer. And I just literally didn't have anything else to board in. <laughs> so um, you're bringing the bringing the dinosaur. Yeah, but bringing in the dinosaur for some extra beats. <laughs> Love it. I mean, I guess too. Like if you're in a, uh, a matchup where your opponent may be on a slower plan than you, like sometimes, like especially in like this in sideboard games, they're just not ready for a four mana creature. Like yeah, five you- four beats face pretty well. Yeah, it does. Um, and oftentimes it's more of just like a uh, biding your time type deal. It'll, mm-hmm. you know, shut down uh, a creature from attacking you or it just kind of it, it makes it blocks your Delvers, too, which is worth noting. Yeah, blocks Delvers because uh, it can gain uh, reach, which yep. is super so useful. So much text on that card. Um, so, I mean, shifting Ceratops is usually on the defense. Um, I've only I think I've only resolved it once, though. So mm-hmm. definitely going to test test that tech a bit more i love like like when you're playing like the the green splash in this deck the access to things like sylvan library too which is just such a powerful way to like dig through your deck yeah sylvan library uh has been super powerful oh i guess yeah that's another difference so yamaro is running sylvan library in the sideboard i'm running a sylvan library main Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny because Sylvan Library, when you play it early, usually eats a counter spell, which can clear the way for your show and tell. And then if you play it late, you can just feed your life into the Sylvan Library to refill your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very good in this shell. Yeah, um, I like it. I like it. The mana base is pretty nice too. Um, having a lot of basics. Yeah, um, it's something is, that you're not like very used to in 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 the. Uh the Omnitel or Omni show lists. Yeah, well, it's also nice because now we can also um, run the Mystic Sanctuary. Uh, so Yamaro isn't running it in his list. Um, I've liked it in the drawn out matchups mm-hmm. um, because just like fetching up a singleton Mystic Sanctuary uh, and putting a show and tell on top of your library is pretty good. Seems good, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, running a lot more basic islands allows us to do that. Um, you, show and tell can usually play around Wasteland, but I've definitely lost a ton of games where I was forced around playing around Wasteland, and then because I did that, I didn't have the right man at the right time to actually win the game. Um, so just having a, a larger amount of basics and a more simplified mana base um, really lets me uh, kind of not lose those sorts of games anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, other than that, like the game be, with the, adding the ice fangs, it just buys you a lot of time, and yeah. that's where I feel Sneak and Show really um, uh, excels as being that kind of mid rangey uh, uh, combo deck that wants to win the game on turn like three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I uh, if I can put an ice fang coaddle down to buy me some time, I can sculpt my hand. Like the number of times I've like had the combo in hand, and this is why it's this this version of the deck is very different from Sneak and Show. Mm-hmm. Like 
I'll have the combo in hand and I won't combo off because I want to make sure I have more protection. Hmm. Like I'll have uh, a- Ancient Tomb and Island in play and I have Show and Tell, Omniscient's Cunning Wish and even maybe even Force of Will Blue card. But then if I also have uh, Forest uh, Veil of Summer, I'll hold off and I'll wait to have that extra layer of protection because oh, okay. I just feel in this meta right now, a lot more is happening on the stack uh, against these combo matchups. And, right. you know, everyone's concerned about the breach deck. So people are really stacking up on their counter magic. Um, just having that kind of extra protection has been super useful and it's really caused me to adjust my play style a lot with the deck very mm-hmm. different from like the blue red version um but it does feel very powerful and very good and it's it's a more methodical way of playing the deck now what's your breach matchup like with this deck so usually good if they if they don't draw their one of teferi yep. <laughs> like every single time i've played against breach if they resolve teferi i lose if they don't draw teferi i win that's just that's just been my experience. Or or if I have the counter spell ready for the ter- Teferi, but usually even then, if I'm countering their Teferi, they might uh, take the opportunity to combo off the next turn, and I might not have enough uh, counter magic to deal with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Huh. All right. Well, that's been good. So any other thoughts on the deck before we maybe move on to the deck dump? Uh, I just hope that Veil of Summer doesn't get banned so I can still play this deck. Or if it does get banned, I'm going to need to figure something out pretty quick. Cause Do you think that, that the like the crux of this deck lands on Veil of Summer? Without it, it just, it just goes away? Yes. Veil really? of Summer is why we're playing green in the first place. Mm-hmm. If we're not playing green, if we're not playing Veil of Summer, there's no point playing this over Sneak and Show. And I honestly don't think Sneak and Show is very good in the meta right now. Or I shouldn't say that. I, I still think Sneak and Show's Good. I don't think Sneak and Show is good enough to be a competitive deck right it's, now. Is it like is it like Sneak and Show is a worse version of Blue Green Omnitel at this point? Uh yeah, it kind of feels like the, it kind of feels the way it was when um, Dig Through Time was legal and Omni Show running Dig Through Time was just clearly the better deck than Sneak and Show. Yep, um, that's kind of how it feels. Where like Blue Green Omnitel is just clearly the better deck than Sneak and Show and. I'm used to, like when I'm playing Sneak and Show in tournaments, I'm used to Sneak and Show being a tier one deck at that time. Yep. And Sneak and Show just feels very tier two. Hmm. Like I if I was if I, you know, seriously want to win a tournament, I don't think sleeving up Sneak and Show right now is the best bet. Gotcha. Like the, specifically the blue red Sneak and Show. I think right. sleeving up the blue green Sneak and Show is still a very valuable, uh, still very uh, viable way of winning a large tournament. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's move on to the uh, deck dump because there was some really spicy lists in the deck dump that I, I specifically called out in our show notes, but we can go over it. And uh, shout out to uh, uh, who was this uh, Chronicler1029 on Reddit uh, for putting together uh, these lists every week. Um, yeah, I always appreciate these. Yeah, it's it, really it's really fantastic. The first one I want list I want to talk about was the the uh, El Lobo five O list, which is the uh, this this most closely resembles what I imagine the modern uh, Jace wielder uh, Thassa's Oracle combo deck looks like, or maybe it's actually in maybe it's actually in Pioneer. I actually don't know. It's probably Pioneer, but um, so this is running like the Jace wielder of mysteries Thassa's Oracle combo uh, with. I, I yeah, don't go ahead. think this is Pioneer because this is running cards from alliances. Well, no, and... no, I understand that, but I'm saying like there's a Pioneer deck that's that's playing like Jace and Thassa's Oracle and. Uh, 
uh, in like just able like a mill deck basically in in uh, a self mill okay. deck in modern. But no, no, this is running some spicy cards here. <laughs> if I said, "Hey, do you know what Paradigm Shift is?" Would you know what that card does? No, yeah, no. So- but I I definitely have some because I recognize this art. I definitely have some Paradigm Shifts in my bulk box that's under my bed right now. <laughs> I definitely don't. But this art this art is fantastic. Um, it just looks so good in this old frame too. But I don't I don't want to go too I don't want to go too rich Shay in the podcast right now, but. Uh, so Paradigm Shift is one in a blue. It's a sorcery from Weatherlight. Remove all cards in your library from the game. Shuffle your graveyard into your library. So with a card like uh, Thassa's uh, Oracle and Jace Wielder Mysteries on the board, uh, seems like a good way to, to win the game there, right? Yeah. I feel. Did we talk about this last week? I feel this list might have uh, started to crop up in uh, the last week desk deck. It's as well. possible. I don't remember the deck running Thought Lash, though. No, definitely not. So, <laughs> Thought Lash is two blue blue. It's an alliances enchantment. Cumulative upkeep. Remove the top card of your library from the game. If you do not remove your library from the game and have Thought Lash, uh, and oh, and bury Thought Lash. Right, which and is put in your graveyard, I believe. <laughs> yes, it, it sacrificed Thought Lash basically. Yeah. Uh, zero, remove the top card of your library from the game to prevent one damage to you. Right, so you can just audit, like, if you have Jace Wielder of uh, Mysteries in your in your deck, or in your on the field, and you play Thought Lash and then just, just zero your entire deck away and then, say, Brainstorm, you just win the game on the spot. Yeah, because it's that activated ability, zero, remove the next, uh, remove the top card of your library from the game to prevent one damage to you. So you just activate that 60 times or however many cards you have in your library left, prevent that much damage, and then any draw spell wins you the game if you have Thassa's Oracle yep. or Jace, Jace Wielder of Mysteries out. Yep. Uh, and so this car, this deck does have some ways to power out that four-mana enchantment uh, with four Lotus Petal and three Ancient Tomb. So uh, definitely a few ways to get that out uh, before turn four. Uh, I just thought this was a really cool deck. I, I, it was definitely called out as the spiciest list of the uh, of the deck dump. But what did you think? Like, is this something you'd play at like an F and M? Because it seems sweet. Oh hell yeah! I mean this this list seems sweet. Uh, it's a fun combo deck. It has a lot of ways to protect itself between four Thoughtseize, two Flusterstorm, four Force of Will, and a Spell Pierce. Um, so it definitely has. Uh, a lot of ways to protect the combo and the combo is just you know your classic uh a b combo with redundancies yeah like, that's what i like about this like Thassa's oracle and jace do the same thing yep uh thought lash and paradigm shift do the same thing um you know you just got to get a copy of each and then win the game yeah yep yeah exactly so it's it's really interesting uh yeah i just thought it was pretty sweet i loved i and, and it's not running Lab Maniac, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like if it wanted to, it could also run Lab Maniac and have even yeah. more uh, redundancy. It wanted to be combo. a scrub deck. Yeah, just put Ladman in there. <laughs> uh, I appreciate though two copies of Skeletal Scrying in this list. Yeah, I that's had to a- read that because I didn't know what that card oh, did. Oh, that's a that's a oldie but goodie path. Yeah. I used to see a lot of the play back in uh, the early two thousands. Yeah. But yeah. X and black uh, for an instant, and it's as an additional cost to cast it. <clears throat> uh, exile X cards from your graveyard. You draw X cards and lose X life. It seems pretty sweet. Yeah. Good way to uh, draw a bunch of cards in black. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this deck is sweet. I actually want to play this deck. I'm gonna put it together on Moto just to play it. Yeah, dude. 
do it up. Sweet. Looks like fun. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. There was also this uh, rug Emery Painter list, which is something that I have I feel like we've seen around a couple times before, uh, but it's worth calling out. So this is uh, Zhu Gengyu. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, so this is like the uh, goblin engineer, a goblin welder, painter servant, um, uh, grindstone deck, uh, playing three mm-hmm. Oko, but also playing four Emery Lurker of the Lock, which is a card we've seen these decks play as well, which is has like a great uh, role in this deck, right? Yeah, I've actually played against this deck a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the like people in my time zone are particularly particularly apt to play this list or uh, maybe just playing the same guy over and over but yeah i've had a lot of reps against this deck and uh it's pretty powerful um like just like any painter deck um has a lot of redundancy with the welders which are Mm -hmm. really good um but yeah i mean the deck the deck is solid it puts up results yeah a goblin engineer is a cool is an interesting card too i actually don't even remember this being in modern horizons um but uh yeah so it's um is this a new card? I think it is, right? Which which card? Goblin Engineer. Oh, I mean, it's been out for, uh, what, like uh, six months? I mean, well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, it was printed only in Modern Horizons, right? Oh, yeah, it's only Modern Horizons. Okay. I, I guess, I mean, it, it didn't really get as much attention because of all the other ridiculous stuff in Modern Horizons. But, uh, yeah, card yeah. card's good. Yeah, very interesting. Um, all right, so let's see. There was an, also a four-color zoo deck, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. And this is piloted by uh, Samu27. Uh, it was nothing like really like crazy in here, but it is running like four Delver, three Hex Drinker, four Tarmogoy, a true name, and four Wild Nakatl. Wild Nakatl still making it, still making a name in Legacy, uh, amazingly, yeah. right? Still beating, <laughs> beating, beating the uh, the odds here. Yeah, where where have your wild Nakatos gone? Yeah, I can't believe people still play this card, but I guess uh, it's enough to five zero in the Legacy League, so that's something. Well, uh, also, three Tribal frame Flames. That is a card we have not seen in a very long time either. Yeah, I also <laughs> didn't know this card existed. I no, didn't know. An, I don't know what domain sta- meant. <laughs> Dude, that was a staple of Zudex went back in the day. But yeah, really? Tribal Flames, one in a red sorcery domain. Tribal Flames deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of basic land types among lands you control. Huh. So, I mean, this could be a two-mana Lava Axe if you have all your dual lands out. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. I wonder why it's in this deck. Because <laughs> well, it's a two-mana deal five damage to target creature or player. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, or player. Okay. All right. Yeah, or player. That's the other key I missed thing. that part. I missed that part. Um, and it's not that hard to turn on. I right. Mean, you need, all you need is three dual lands, and you have all the basic land types. Right. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Huh. Um, all right. And there was one more uh, mono blue paint. Uh, sorry, mono blue uh, painter deck running Echo of Aeons. Um, yep. I, I have also played a fair amount of this deck online. Uh, it's a super annoying deck, Pat. <laughs> you know what's really annoying is when your opponent resolves Narset Parter Veils and then casts uh, Echo of Aeons, and you don't get any more cards. Yeah, it's the one, the one sided. Uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not very fun. Not very fun at all. You don't like having cards in your hand, Jerry? Or you don't no. like not? You don't like not not having cards in your hand? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I mean, if they get to get to the point where they're casting Narset and Echo of Aeons, like you've done something wrong, right? Like, well, they're all, they're running main deck defense grids. <laughs> like, what, what do you want me to do about it? 
<laughs> I don't know, play better, Jerry. What do you want from me? Uh, apparently. Defense grid should be more than two mana, though, right? You know what? Veil of Summer doesn't counter, Pat. Defense grid. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am finding like I feel like defense uh, Veil of Summer isn't going to get banned because I feel so many people are just running a lot of stuff that just like laughs in Veil of Summer's face. Like yep. the number of times I was playing against Breach and I had Veil of Summer of hand in hand, and my opponent resolves to Fairy, and I'm like, well, there goes that. Well, guess I die. <laughs> it's like guess I cast this Veil of Summer as a cantrip because it's the best it's ever going to be. <laughs> oh man. Uh, any other uh, decks in the deck dump you want to go over real quick? Uh, that was about it. I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna put the link in the show notes. Uh, the Reddit link it's it's got all the the five of lists there, and uh, like I said, it breaks them down into like spicy, semi spicy, and then normal decks. But I think it's always cool to see the deck dump and see what's uh, what's going on right now. Yeah, I, I really like that Oracle's Paradigm list. That's pretty sweet. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will notice uh, Savine's Reclamation, which is a uh, breach list, is yep. now it looks like it's starting to show up in other decks. Uh, looks like this Miracles list is running Savine's Reclamation as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the two and a white for a sorcery return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, if this card was cast from your graveyard, you may copy it, the spell, and may choose a new target for the copy mm-hmm. with flashback of four and a white. Okay. So... It's just, I mean, I can see why Miracles is wanting to run it. It's like, cast cast Snapcaster's Mage, uh, flashback Savine's Reclamation, flashback another Snapcaster's Mage <laughs> to flashback. Like, the chain starts getting ridiculous. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, uh, let's see. Was there any... Yeah, so that's it for the deck dump. Like I said, we'll, uh, we'll put that link in the show notes. Um, and before we get out of here, so, uh, you know, what are you likely to bring to the Missouri 20K? It's in just a couple weeks from now. Yeah, well, I'm fully planning on bringing the the blue red Omnitel list. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, barring a ban announcement from Wizards on Veil of Summer, uh, I'm going to bring the blue green list. And if Veil of Summer does get banned, uh, guess I spent a lot of money for a plane ticket. Oh no. <laughs> That's right. We're probably just all going to die from fucking coronavirus anyway on the plane, so it's fine. Yeah, I was thinking about that, Pat. Like, it's I was kind too. Of I the worst time. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but I that actually has been absolutely on my mind. So we actually sat down the kids uh, the other day, and we're just like, "Hey guys, just so you know, like, you know, there's a, a bad virus going around, and although children are unlikely to be affected by it, which is kind of wild in my mind, which is nice. Um, it's just like you know, like had to have the you know, make sure to wash your hands, don't put your friends' fingers in your mouth, and and Wait, so is we, that true? What? Like, are kids not affected by Not that they're not affected, but they're very unlikely to, to catch uh, coronavirus. So, like, cr- coronavirus in general is something, like, uh, corona-style viruses are uh, pretty common in kids. Um, it, they just, because they always have colds and shit. Uh, this just, this particular strain is one that is, uh, I guess, attaches itself to certain receptors in your lungs, and that's where you get the really bad, like, pneumonia symptoms and whatnot, and... Um, uh, so yeah, so anyway, so uh, one of the chats that you're in with me, Jerry, I've been talking about how my wife and I have been prepping and like, I'm not a doomsday prepper by any stretch, but I have like, we have stocked up on like the medications that her and like Liam need and like did a, a pretty decent grocery run this week and, uh, you know, just, just getting ready in case anything goes down and we need to, uh, to, uh, you know, stay at home for a week or two. We, we have enough supplies yeah. to get us through, you know? 
speaking of our group chat, Pat is the subject of my poop of the week. Oh, great! But uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Well, no, let's let's <laughs> let's uh, let's get it. I mean, everyone knows I'm playing Blue Red Delver, Missouri, so there's not there's nothing to talk about there. But uh, let's let's get into scoops and poops then. Uh, who you who you pooping scoops? on this week, Jerry? I want to hear your poop first this week. Uh, I'm pooping on our group chat, Pat. Ooh. So <laughs> we have we have a group chat. It's me, Pat, Ian, and Tom from uh, the Dead Format, uh, Wilson, and James from Cardboard Live, and they have been going off Doomsday Prepper <laughs> like bullshit. Like they're trading pictures of their Costco runs as they're like stocking up on all these supplies. Meanwhile, I look at my refrigerator and I have like a bag of potatoes that I bought like <laughs> three months. Ago. Jerry's like, I sure do hope DoorDash is still working in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, Tom yelled at me because he's like, yeah, that's the best thing you want to do during a pandemic, Jerry. Order takeout. <laughs> Just deliver that disease right to the, your door. So, uh, Hey, you know, at least you don't have to go out and get it. That's nice. Yeah. Will, Wilson, Ian, and Tom are all comparing uh, Doomsday Bunker notes on like, what does, <laughs> where, to, where to build a bunker we're and what talk, to stock it with. We're all discussing what our favorite crop rotation strategy is for when we have to plant our own food and inevitably yeah. not destroy not the, the card soil. oh yeah not that, the oh, card i wasn't even considering the card yes exactly <laughs> not the about, card actual crop rotation yeah we're talking about like strategies. the proper way to plant your 19, early like 19th century gardens in your in your backyards and uh the most effective way to keep uh uh, how can I say this? Uh, what is the most effective, lethal way to keep like uh, pillagers away from your home kind of thing? So, yeah. Yeah. So all these guys are making me paranoid as I look in my fridge and my fridge has like beer and a sack of potatoes in it yeah. that I thought was a good idea to buy three months ago. <laughs> like the, the potatoes are starting to grow in my vegetable crisper. All right. So so things I'm going to say you want to want, right? You're going to need things like rice and beans. Oh, no, Pat. Pat, I already went shopping. I'm not done with why I'm pooping on the oh, chat. Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I better stock up. So I go to the supermarket tonight before we go, we start recording. Uh-huh. And I like, it is fucking, it's like Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and like, everyone's like grabbing things off the aisles. Like, it's the end of the world. <laughs> it's a madhouse. Uh, and like the st- it's like the store starting to close, and I go up there, and for some reason I don't know why, uh, like whoever the shift manager was just did not do their job. But every single cashier went on break at the same time. Oh, that's awesome! Except, except for the one cashier in the twelve items or less line. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like eighty things in my sec- oh, in my cool. grocery bin, so I'm just like, well, I mean, it's either this or not pay. So. <laughs> I go to the 12 items or less line, and then, like, I'm waiting. Like, check out the person in front of me who also has, like, 80 million things. They check out the person in front of me who has 80 million things. And then they get to me, and as I'm putting stuff on the conveyor belt, (laughs) all the cash registers come back (laughs) from their break. (laughs) And I'm the asshole with, like, 80 things in the 12 items or less line. (laughs) There's, like, a queue for me. There's, like, a guy with, like, a gallon of milk, and he's just, like, everyone's giving me dirty looks. Just like, like uh, uh, so, yeah. Just think about I these entitled like, millennials. Yeah, I look like a goddamn asshole going through the twelve items or less line with like eighty fucking things. Oh, yeah, but listen, when all <laughs> when everyone's like suffering and they don't have any food to eat, like you're gonna be in your in your apartment, like grilling up a nice grilled cheese in your cast iron pan and be laughing at all these poor people who didn't prepare. Yeah, I mean, I got mostly perishable stuff because I just got what looked good. <laughs> like I got a bunch of grapes and sp- <laughs> strawberries and. 
Uh, I got like I, all the meat was like on the the discount bin. Ah. It expires. It expires tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with freezing. Like I have a bunch of frozen meat in my freezer that we freeze from time to time, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I highly recommend getting things like rice and beans and pastas and uh, things that are like you know ramen, things that are non-perishable that will last you for a long time. Like you can you can live off of rice and beans for a long time. You get a big bag of rice. Yeah. And a bunch yes, of cans Pat, of beans. I, oh yeah, I I also went to college. Yeah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> you know what I've been doing? It's li- living off of rice and beans for like so, three semesters. So I've been I've been on a, on a good uh, gym and healthy eating kick lately. And like my one vice, not my one vice, but like one thing I will treat myself once in a while too is a bowl of ramen. Especially like lately because we've had some cold weather and uh, I learned how to drop a couple eggs into it when it's cooking, and that's been fantastic. What a nice. Change. Oh yeah. I've never done no, like, that. I've always just made ramen like the way the package says, and like, and someone's like, "Oh, you can add eggs to that." I'm like, "Oh, fuck yeah! I'm gonna add two eggs to my ramen now. It's delicious." Dude, take your ramen to the next level. Like, slice some sausage in there. Ooh, uh, I like that. There's, I like my supermarket has uh, it stocks uh, homemade dumplings from this uh, Chinese restaurant that's nearby. Um, so I get those. They're like frozen dumplings. And I'll just drop those in my ramen. Jerry, what did I tell you about <laughs> eating that food, man? You can't be eating that food right now, man. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I told Tom and Ian that I was just gonna I was gonna order two hundred dollars worth of Chinese food and it would see me through the pandemic. And <laughs> uh, any scoops uh, this week? Uh, I'm gonna scoop in Ian because uh, if if the pandemic does come, I'm gonna go live in his basement. Smart. Yeah, he's ready to go, man. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to go. His wife's a doctor. Uh, you know, stocked up on antibiotics. Yep. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm coming to live in Ian's basement if uh, if the world ends. Nice, so, nice. Er- early scoops to Ian. Awesome. <laughs> Preemptive <laughs> scoops when I have to inevitably live in his home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jerry brings in his Jerry brings in his uh, mostly rotten box of strawberries and blueberries that have gone bad weeks ago. As his, that's his contribution to the family. I bring my companionship. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> like a real you're like a real life D and D cleric, Jerry. It's amazing. It's because Ian's going to want someone to play magic with as the world comes to the end. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But here's the thing, though. You're going to have to you're going to be forced to play not only old school, but someone who plays with their deck in the middle of their play. I hope you're prepared for that. Oh, man. I've actually died and gone to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This week, um, I don't think I have any poops, really. Uh, I'm going to scoop in uh, myself. For finally getting my lazy ass going and uh, and working up my kitchen and uh, had uh, I started running again this past I've been doing like a lot of lifting and, and uh, cardio lately but just like elliptical cardio and this past weekend I decided I want to get back into running shape so I started running again and oh boy like I ran Saturday and Sunday I wouldn't call it running really I jogged in intervals and my legs were fucking toasted by but by, by, like this morning I like walked downstairs in my basement Sunday night. And I told my wife, I'm like, ah, I think I'm just going to sleep down here tonight because I don't know if I have the power to get back upstairs at this point. <laughs> my legs were, were fried. And, uh, yeah, they were pretty still pretty still pretty sore this morning. But it uh, feels good to be going back to the gym and stuff and on a regular schedule. It's something I really uh, – I've been slacking on lately, just uh, living the dad life. So I'm trying to not to be such a lazy fuck and uh, and just and working on that stuff. So I'm going to scoop myself on a top eight because I'm pretty excited with uh, with the way that's going right now. So. Treat yourself. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So, all right. Well, uh, let's see. Before we get out of here, uh, is there anything else you want to add, Jerry? Uh, that's it. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, if you want to like, follow, subscribe, all the stuff that we do, we would appreciate it. Uh, you can follow the show 
at LALMTG. You can follow Jerry at JME3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglow. The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. If you want to support the show directly, it helps us out a ton. Uh, we can really use the support right now. You can find us on patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Uh, find us on hipsters. Join the Facebook group. Email the show leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And of course, as always, thanks to uh, Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech, our sound engineer. He makes a, he makes sure that we sound pretty good every week. You know, tries to get all the idiocy out of my uh, I don't know out of my speech. See, I can't even I can't even come up with a funny thing now, and I have all the show to prepare for it. Uh, but he he's awesome, and uh, honestly, he was the guy who helped me build my doomsday bunker. So I want to shout him out. He's quite quite the handyman. Yeah, I was kind of surprised slash apprehensive that he knew how to you know, build so many of those booby traps from scratch. Yeah, it was, it's pretty amazing. Like I actually had to de de arm some of them. So my kids can play in the backyard, but I sent them back up again afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, uh, <laughs> digging those Viper pits. Uh, no, I don't know where he got those Vipers, but, uh, <laughs> he's a resourceful one. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So shout out to Justin and, um, yeah, that's it. We will uh, catch you guys all next week. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> Bye. Be good to each other. Wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Uh, cough into your elbows. It's a virus, so its survivability on on surfaces is not long. So you don't have to worry about like uh, you know like overseas like you know goods and stuff. That's not as much of a concern. But definitely stay out of large crowds. Uh, try to limit your travel, and uh, don't put Jerry's fingers in your mouth. Things like that. No, no, no. Definitely yeah. do that. Not unless you can. Not not unless he's consenting. So still do and, that. And he's, do if that. he's washed his hands. I always wash my hands. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Feel free to put Jerry's fingers in your mouth. Bye, guys. Bye.